You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. As always, I am Ben Wolf, your host. Uh, make sure to make sure that you have access to the content that we're sharing here available. Do me a favor, get this out to more people by subscribing, by leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this, whether it's YouTube or uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatnot, uh, and make sure that more people hear about it, more people see it. And uh, obviously it'll be a help to me, it'll be a help to the other listeners out there, and it'll be a help to you to have the content and information and knowledge that our guests here are sharing available to you more in the future. Um, with that, I wanna get into introducing our guest today, uh, which is a very privilege to have this person today. He is the CEO and founder of Chief Outsiders, which is the largest fractional and interim chief marketing officer, CMO firm in the country. Maybe the world, I'm not sure. I can ask him that later. He can clarify that. Uh, he has had senior roles and been head of marketing at numerous organizations, including ones like Kellogg's, Frito-Lay, and Coca-Cola. Uh, you can learn more about him and the service that he and the other CMOs that he provides to business owners. Uh, at his website, at their website, chiefoutsiders.com. That's chiefoutsiders.com. And with that, I give you Art Saxby. Welcome, Art. Thanks for having me, Ben. Well, it's my pleasure and my honor uh, to have a, a real leader in the fractional leadership space. Uh, you know, listeners and viewers of this show are certainly aware that we've had a great emphasis recently on all kinds of fractional leadership, whether it's in the areas of marketing, like we're talking about today, or sales or operations, whether from the outsourced COO perspective or similar to what I do as a fractional integrator for companies using the entrepreneurial operating system. And, uh, uh, you know, and as well from the finance perspective and the technology perspective, fractional leaders in those areas. So to have a leader, you know, in one of the, in one of the major types of fractional leadership, I'm, I'm very privileged, happy to have you here. Um, so if, if you don't mind, you know, asking you what I would ask everybody here, which is to, you know, you know what we're going to be talking about today and, and to kind of think, you know, give us a little two minute background story on where you, you know, where you came from, how you got to be where you are and what you're talking about and, and doing today. Well, thanks, man. You know, I, I came up through traditional marketing, as you said, Frito-Lay, Kellogg's, Coca-Cola. I got involved in turning around bankrupt companies and learned that I really had a passion for mid-sized firms. Mm -hmm. Learned great stuff at Coca-Cola, but I was never able to double the size of the company. When I got involved in mid-sized companies, boy, could I have fun. Boy, could I really make things happen, really change an organization. And in working through you know, bankruptcy turnarounds, there was always really big challenges. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to focus on companies that were smaller, mid-sized firms. But in most cases, mid-sized companies can't afford an executive level vice president of marketing. Right. They may need that expertise. They don't want someone selling an ad campaign or a strategy deck. They need someone on the management team, but they can't attract that level of person. They can't afford them or they don't need them forever. That's what kind of led to the, the fractional part-time mm -hmm. That if you were part of the management team, one to two days a week, over six to 12 months, you could really implement the big growth plans. And therefore, as a, as a marketer, I could do it on two or three companies at once. And mm -hmm. those companies could afford a resource they could never, never attract and also don't need full time. So were you doing that on your own before you got into this company? Or like, how, how, did, you, how did you actually get into that? You know, I had done a couple of bankruptcy turnarounds where I was going in as part of the 
the leadership team of you know Nasdaq trading companies that were, were bankrupt, but more mid-sized field. Um, after I got the last one turned around and, and sold in 2008, by 2009, the depths of the depression, recession, I still didn't have a job. Mm. So I said, well, if I can't find one, maybe I'll create one. Yeah. So in April of 2009, said, you know, after a lot of soul searching on what do I really love to do? Where do I have the most value? What, what type of customer could, could benefit the most from me, therefore, you know, be able to afford to pay? Started the company in April of 2009. And I wow. tell people it was the best time in American history to start a business because no one I spoke to said, oh, no, everything is working just fine. I don't need to listen to any new <laughs> right. ideas. Right. Now, not a lot of companies are willing to invest money to help grow at that time, but there were a lot of people willing to talk and work on that, you know, discuss and all right, I'll listen to some new ideas. Let, let's talk about this. Right. And I, I, I forgot if we in our previous conversations talked about this, but I, don't know if you know, I, was, a, I was a corporate restructuring and, and bankruptcy attorney for five years. So I was oh, okay. doing debtor representations, creditor <laughs> committee representations, and individual creditors yep. uh, for, for about five years before I took this left turn into operations and, you know, <laughs> that I'm doing now. Growing companies is a lot more fun. There's, <clears throat> there's great challenges and learning opportunities and turning around difficult bankrupt situations, but... There's nothing like growing a company, helping a CEO um, take their vision and bring it to life, move it forward. It's just, it's a lot more fun, a lot more rewarding. Uh, I, I, I hear that. That's why I'm doing what I do now <laughs> also. Um, and so, you know, you talked about this a little bit in, in, in the background, but if you could like, if you don't mind like painting a picture, right? When, when you're, 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 you're 70 or 80 like CMOs that are part of your organization, like before, before they're coming into one of these companies, paint a picture. What, what, like maybe people will see themselves like to see if this is a tool for them. Like right. what, what are they going through? What's happening to them before a frag, in, in, in a situation that's, you know, the best scenario where someone might use or need a, a fractional CMO, what, you know, just describe their life. There, it's, it's usually the, the CEO owner of, of a company, 10 million to 300 million, okay. and about a third of our businesses are private equity owned, um, where the, the CEO has a vision for the future of the company. They, they really believe that there's an opportunity to significantly grow the, comp, grow the company, but they're frustrated. They're, they don't have an extra vice president level, an extra senior person to put on that to get that done. They, um, Many times, everyone in the organization, their company is the biggest one they've, they've worked for before. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. they don't need the, you know, the vice president of marketing from, from Microsoft, but boy, could they use the insights of someone who's done that before. So they're, they've got a vision for growth. They, um, they need someone that is going to do it, not just tell them what to do. You know, we're, we're not a consulting company that'll sell them a great deck because selling the world's greatest strategy deck to a company doesn't create any value. The value comes in being part of the leadership team, part of the CEO's staff, understands what they're trying to accomplish, works as part of the organization to get it done in the organization, then in the marketplace. Well, you, you, I mean, you, 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 you touched on this just, just now a little bit, but that kind of goes to my next question. I really want to extend it a little bit also, but so what is the difference? How do I know? Do I need a fractional CMO? Do I need to hire a full-time CMO? Do I need a fractional CMO? Or do I need a marketing consultant? I mean, you mentioned doing a deck, but I know marketing consultants, a lot of times are marketing agencies, they do execution also. But when, when is it indicative of one versus the other? Like, how do I know if, you know, I'm sure marketing, fractional CMOs are not for every situation, 
Right. But like what, when, when is it indicative of, of what you need, which one? <laughs> Very good question. Cause there's actually three different things there. There's, there's marketing agencies who are, who are very good, <clears throat> excuse me, they're optimized at, at delivering a marketing campaign. You're gonna pay them to get stuff done, to, to deliver a marketing campaign and advertising, redo a website. So if you know exactly what needs to be done, you can tell them and they'll get it done, right? And the marketing consultant is someone who's gonna say, I'll go look at, look at things and then tell you what you need to do where our role as being an executive on the management team is, is really both helping figure out what needs to be done, but then you know, getting it done in the organization. Oftentimes the, the mid-level marketing people will report to our CMO or we'll right. bring in the other resources that they, that they don't have. We'll help them implement the, uh, the digital, um, the, the HubSpot or the, the marketing automation, but then also put together the strategy and oversee the agency. So we'll often work with agencies but right. we can get better work out of the agency because we can give them the really good direction on what needs to get done. Right. So if you, if you know exactly what you need, you have the insights in the marketplace, you know exactly what's happening, what's changed with the customers, you've got the resources to get it done, then and it, you know, internally to get your, your marketing organization, your supply chain organization doing it, then an agency's great. You know, we need another campaign, we need more pay-per-click, we need more of this and that. It's if the, the business needs to change and it's in, and someone telling you what to do isn't the answer. You need someone right. in, on your management team getting it done. That's when the fractional CMO is. And is there ever a scenario where it's right for somebody to maybe get a consultant to create the strategy and then have the agency to execute it, but not necessarily bring someone in house? Is that, is that ever the right answer? Sometimes. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, depending on the, the level of strategy. If it's, um, if it's a simple thing where, I wouldn't say simple, I don't want to, um, if you know what, if it's within the business you're already doing and you say, you know, we, we want to just focus on this customer. We've never been able to get into this customer. <clears throat> Someone help us figure out that customer. Right. Then that consultant can help you do that. Then an agency can do it. If you're saying, all right, we've, we sold to, you know, we sell a, a software and we're really great at helping CPA firms manage their company. We think there's an opportunity to sell to law firms. Okay, they, law firms are going to buy differently. They're going to need a little different product. You might have right. to modify the product, the service. You might have to modify the pricing, the structure, the, the sales organization. That's when the CMO is going to come in and say, all right, let's look at this from a business perspective. What is, how does that customer buy? How do we need to change our, our internal company? Maybe change our product, maybe change our price. You know, is that the right sales channel? Or right. a company is saying, you know, we, our, our growth has slowed down and I keep trying to hire new salespeople. That's not the answer. We need to really take a look at how of our customers' buying behaviors changed. I mean, that's, that's something a lot of companies are dealing with right now. Yeah. We used to go to trade shows. Well, right. customers aren't going to trade shows anymore. Salespeople right. can't make walk in the door and you know you can't send an engineer salesperson into the factory anymore the customer's buying behavior has changed so now the company is going to have to change how it goes to market that going to market is very different than need more web clicks need, need, right. need you know a, 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 an ad campaign yeah i mean one of the things i guess that that's is challenging when you're dealing with an agency or consultant is is just that you know, as much as they try to drill you and get you to answer questions, 
you, you know, they're not part of the leadership. They're, you know, they're not part of the leadership team. They can't do those kinds of things that you just mentioned about changing their operations because yep. those, that consultant's not involved with the, uh, you know, the other areas of operations of ops, of, of manufacturing, uh, you know, of sales. I mean, they're not as closely involved with them. They're, they have whichever point of contact they have. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but to really, to really have marketing potentially influence all those other areas, uh, you know, it's hard to imagine that happening without somebody really being embedded with the leadership team. And you're just going to know the product and the service and be able to tell the story so much better. Yeah, um, it's, it's a difference between being part of it, being the CEO, CEO saying, those are really good questions, figure them out and get it done. Now tell me how, how the progress is happening and, and you're responsible for getting it done versus telling us how we should do it. Right. Right and right and they right and they have, they have so much more access to get a lot more concrete feel for the questions that they're answering by being by being part of things. Especially since with us, everyone who works for us and they do work full time exclusively for us, but everyone has been a vice president of marketing or chief marketing officer of one or more operating companies. So they've they've done it before. Right. They've taken a product and moved into a new market segment. They have they've helped a company go from you know salespeople just out hunting and seeking to lead generation, demand generation. They've helped you figure out, should we have, should we sell through brokers? How do we get more attention from our brokers? Should we have a direct sales force? Should we, in, in some of the retail stuff, you know, how much should we rely on just selling on Amazon? Should we have our own? You know, are we gonna upset, we had a, a client where, you know, Home Depot said, well, if we ever see your products on Amazon, you know, we'll throw you out of our stores. <laughs> Home Depot was like 60% of their sales and they're like, our stuff's already on Amazon because there's some brokers buying it and putting it on Amazon. Well, we better take over that and manage it versus let it happen to us. Right. So the company that was really good at selling at retail had to figure out what is a, an online strategy, whether it's Amazon, their own website, but not piss off the main client, you know, their, their, um, their retailers. Right. And now let's say somebody is, you know, potentially wanting to look at a fractional CMO bringing somebody in, how, you know, you, you have so many that work with you at Chief Outsiders, but how, how important is it to find a CMO or a fractional CMO who has experience in my industry, whether I'm software or manufacturing, or is it just kind of one of these things, like I say, as a fractional integrator, it's, I'm kind of agnostic, you know, I could really help somebody with execution because it's more about management at a high level, so I can help somebody in any industry. But how, how important is it, industry experience, when you're matching people? There's really two things that, that we look for. So when we, when we talk to a prospect, our, our, our managing partners will, will try and understand what, what are the real issues with the client. And sometimes they need someone who's in the marketplace, physically there. You know, sometimes they say, we really need someone from our, our industry. And we can look and see, of the 80 chief marketing officers, we probably have someone who's worked in that industry before. Yeah. Through that conversation, we'll often also say, ask now, what's the business challenge that you're facing? Because it may be that we've got someone who solved that challenge before. Right. If the challenge is- Well, what's an example of someone where it ends up being that industry experience is more important versus less important? Do you have some examples or like where, where it came out one way versus the other? Uh, some of our healthcare clients. If you're, if you're dealing with third-party payer healthcare, that may be something where you really need someone who's got healthcare experience. Um, though we had a, a, a client that was a software company selling software to doctors um, to help them manage their, their practice. 
and they said, you know, we really need a healthcare person. When we mm -hmm. talked to them, we said, you know, you've got a lot of healthcare experience in the company. You might be better with a SaaS software person who understands how do you how do you do the the um, the product line development and and market software. And then other times we've actually teamed it. We had some a company that um, was selling into the um, uh, um, veterinary world, and they said we need someone who understands you know animal health, you know, in commercial animal health and and consumer. Um, but we were also a software company. It turns out we had some. We had one person that had the the veterinary animal health stuff, and another person that was software. So in that environment, we put them together. Oh, two but people. Mm -hmm. Two people working it. But it, in all those cases, it's the CEO who decides. So when we've had the conversation, we'll say, "Here's two or three people we think might be right. Do you want to interview one of them, two, three, all of them?" Mm -hmm. And then the CEO can interview. And and often it's during that discussion. You know, what have you done before? How would you approach this? How have you done? Where they'll say, you know what? I really thought that I needed industry experience, but I like the fact that, you know, this person has worked in five industries that all sold through brokers and was able to, to figure out how do, you, how do you make your broker system more effective? It doesn't really matter that, that one time it was selling, you know, auto parts and the next right. time it was selling, you know, something else. Brokers act and, and third-party distributors act a certain way. Right. When I like your example earlier also with the, with the healthcare company that they thought you might need healthcare industry experience when really it was SaaS experience because of the particular product. It's a, it's a great example of where industry experience is important, but maybe not in the way that, 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 the, that the company owner, the business owner necessarily initially thinks. Yeah, and, and because we have 80 people all working full-time for us with all these different experiences, we can say, yeah, in your case, if you want, we can have these two, you know, mm -hmm. one, one should be lead, right, you always need a, a lead, but do you want the lead to be the software person and the support? You know, it could be 60, 40, right. um, be the healthcare person or, and, and many times we'll be working on a project and say, boy, we really need a better, you know, digital strategy for this company. That wasn't the main thing, but let's pull in one of our digital people to do a, a digital assessment, a competitive assessment. Let's have someone do a, a pricing you know, now that we've got this point, we really need a good pricing analysis. Let's have one of our other people who are really great at pricing. We'll bring them in and, and do that portion of it. Right. So you don't need to have that one person that knows everything. Mm -hmm. People that are really good in their area and can have access to the rest. Right. Well, let's say somebody does, they, they pick somebody. What, what is the beginning of, of an engagement with a fractional CMO look like? It, it's very flexible. So our contracts are all technically month to month. Um, uh -huh. And some of it, it'll depend on some organizations really want to jump in and, and act fast. You know, a new CEO has just taken over a private equity firm. You know, the private equity firm bought them. Boy, they need to act fast. Um, uh, a, a daughter has just taken over the business from a father mm -hmm. and doesn't want to ruffle too many feathers as they're making the transition. And, and so we'll start a little slower. It almost always needs to start out with a level of insights, you know, understand how has the customer changed? What's the buying behavior? Um, really spend some time understanding what's happening in the marketplace. Uh, while that's going on though, the difference between a consultant and someone on your management team is while our CMO is in the, the insight phase, understanding, getting feedback from the customers, they're also on the management team looking around going, you know what, there's this low hanging fruit. While we're, do while we're doing this and it's got a nice timeline, we could get this done this week. You know. Holy cow, you got a trade show in two weeks? Let's take a look at that trade show stuff. Let's 
let's move this on, move this out two weeks so that we can be sure we're really re ready for that. So while you're working on insights mm -hmm. that lead to strategy, that lead to execution, the growth gears, the fact that this person's on your management team is like, you know, let's take a really quick look at this because I think if we did this, we could have a big impact. Sometimes those low-hanging fruit that jump out to someone who's, who's done this 20 times before can pay for the whole engagement mm -hmm. while they're working on the bigger strategic direction of how do we move in this new market segment. Right. And I guess, and so what are the, what are the different service levels that, what are the different ways that people can hire a, a fractional CMO, the different time commitments that might be available, price points, how does that work? You know, it, it ranges from, you know, coaching, um, which often happens at the end of an assignment, but mm -hmm. sometimes a, someone will reach out to us and say, you know, I've got this really good marketing director and, and they're, they're good, but they're, they need someone to learn from. And, you know, we don't have anyone for them to, to, to learn from. We, they, they just need some, some polishing. So it's more of a coaching assignment where, you know, mm -hmm. we're doing a, you know, a one hour Skype once a week. It's like, okay, let me see the deck before you send it to the board. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the strategy. You know, let's go over the metrics. Well, here's the type of metrics you should be asking for. And then next week, you know, okay, let me see those numbers. What are you seeing in the numbers? Let me tell you what I'm seeing in the numbers. So there can be, you know, coaching, which is, is relatively inexpensive, mm -hmm. three, 5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. We've got others where it's, it's full-time interim, you know, the, um, and, you know, the VP of, of digital at a major retailer quit two weeks before Christmas. And, you know, the company that's owned by Golden Sachs called and says, I need someone in that spot. I can't go into Christmas without a VP of digital marketing. Right. You know, boom. We had someone, you know, literally he was there Monday morning, you know, he was there, there Friday afternoon, every day. That's every fortuitous week. if somebody's available like for full time right away, like it's, yeah. I don't know well, if he was on like vacation for a few weeks before that, like between yeah. gigs. But. You know, that's the benefits of having a large organization right. where we can shift around some things. Sometimes it's right, a, right. Um, you know, full-time interim could be a maternity leave. It could be, could be something else. So most of the business is the one to two days a week over six to 12 months. Mm -hmm. We okay. think it's better to give someone 60 days of support over the six to 12 months so that the organization starts to change and starts to, you know, incorporate it. Mm -hmm. The change happens from the middle of the organization out to the marketplace. That's different than, you know, let's just do the, the strategy deck. Now, we'll do that. We'll help you facilitate an offsite. We'll do a two-month strategy session and then see, if, you know, if, if you've got the organization to run with it. So we, we can do all of that. We think the biggest value is when we're part of the CEO's staff, sitting in the staff yeah. meeting, providing that business-level expertise, business from a market-based perspective. Right. Right. Which, as we said, goes way beyond just your marketing activities. I mean, it affects operations and sales and. Yeah. And, and organization management. structure. And, you know, there's, it's really nice having a confidant that the CEO can close the door and say, okay, what are we going to do about this? Because we've had some CEOs tell us, look, if, if I, you know, if, if I open up and said, I'm not really sure which way to go to, you know, my leadership team, their kid might not go to college if I make the wrong decision. That'll freak <laughs> right. them out. You know, with us, let's talk about how we're going to do this. What are we going to tell the board? What's the situation? You know, and it's, it's a confidant that, that you re, that's been there before, that's, that's seen a lot more, implemented a lot more, um, but does act as if, you know, their job is to make you successful. Some of the stuff they help you make successful is, is the straight marketing stuff. Right. Some of it, you know, quite frankly, we've been in organizations that said, you know, 
this is good, but marketing is not really the problem. Can I introduce you to some this EOS implementer I know? Because right. you know, if you can't get the product delivered on time with good quality, right. selling right. more may not actually yeah, it's not. profit. You know, so right. There's 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 yeah. lots of elements in a business being successful. Um, unfortunately, you need a lot of them working together to really do it. And someone who's who's um, who's been in enough organizations often can look and say, you know what. This is really, really important, but I see another another issue over here that it may be better that we prioritize that and we push this one back a little ways. Right. Yeah. That's can can we reference? You mentioned EOS. Can we reference what's coming up in in in? I think it's May. Yeah. It, well, you you just announce it again for people who are. I think a lot of people who listen to the show have, have at least heard of or know about EOS, uh, entrepreneurial operating system, simple set of tools for entrepreneurial business owners to, you know, get, the, get everything they want out of their business. Uh, you know, I help, I help people implement it as an EOS implementer. That's what, what, what Art just referenced. But uh, what, what's Chief Outsiders doing with EOS now? Well, we've had a, actually a long history of working with individual EOS implementers because, again, having marketing and more leads and more sales doesn't actually help if you can't get them delivered on time. Right. If the quality's there, not there. If the organization you know, isn't, isn't all rowing in the same, same direction. Um, you know, my folks can often, you know, help the CEO strategically in that, but EOS has a really good process to follow. Um, if you're watching on video, there's a bunch of gears behind me because, yeah. you know, gears are what drives our economy, what drives our business. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a process and an order and the order matters. In marketing, it's insight, strategy, execution. But even before that, EOS helps with the, the operational stuff. So we often work with, with companies where we'll either say, you need help operationally, let me introduce you to an EOS implementer, or an EOS implementer will call us and say, I've got this company really humming, now it needs to drive the top line revenue. Right. It needs to really drive that. So um, coming up this year, we're gonna be working more closely with, with EOS. I believe we're gonna be at the, uh, sponsoring at the national conference and, and have a, you know, a speaking role. Um, that's awesome. We work that's in really May, well. It's in May in Houston where you live, right? Yes, yes, yeah. that, that helps. That works out um, well. We work really well together because we, we believe that the marketing is a logical linear process, not a crazy creative strategy. Mm -hmm. And when you talk logical linear business processes, EOS implementers are like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a process. And, right. and business owners, often the, the operational business owners, um, once they realize that, that marketing isn't just crazy stuff, it's a process. We think of it as building an engine for growth. We'll help design the engine. We'll get the engine running. And then that engine will continue to drive growth and drive value long after we're gone. Right. Right. And, and we're almost out of time. But I just want to get to, to one other thing here, which is, which is that if, if somebody is thinking of using a, a fractional CMO like one of your people, there's a lot of... CMOs, chief marketing officers who work fractionally, who are independent. But some people, I think, uh, I think Brooke Autry from uh, Forty and Partners, when he was on the show, called it, you know, the single shingle folks. Yes. But you have that just like you have that for CTOs, CIOs, CISOs. You have it for CMOs as well. I've talked to many, I had some on the show. What are the, I guess, pros and cons of when it's a better fit to use an organizational CMO provider like yourself, like chief outsiders versus one of these independent folks? You know, the, the independence will always be less expensive. You know, walk into any good Starbucks and you can find one. 
Um, <laughs> so you, if, if you really know what's going on and you just need some arms and legs to get it done, you know, that's going to be your, your, your most effective and efficient method. Mm -hmm. um, what, what helps with an organization like ours, especially since, um, unlike many organizations, our people do work full-time exclusively for us. Most are partners in the firm. They actually do work together on projects, whether it's that formal, mm -hmm. we'll have two people on it, or a peer review, which happens, you know, 10 times a month, or one of our CMOs says, I want some other eyes on this. I think I've got it, but I'd like some other eyes. And you'll have a dozen other CMOs right. from completely different industries, you know, log on for this, you know, structured hour of, let me tell you what, here's the help I need. Here's what I'm seeing for 20 mm -hmm. minutes, 20 minutes of, you can ask me questions. You can't give me advice. I'll mm -hmm. answer the questions. Then 20 minutes where I have to be quiet mm -hmm. and each of you, you know, give advice. So you've got the, the thinking power of really, you know, 70 CMOs helping your CMO be sure they've got exact, they've got it really figured out exactly. Um, sometimes that happens informally with just, you know, the banter within our, our system or our knowledge sharing system. You know, sometimes it is, you know, we really need a good pricing. You know, why don't we, I'll reach out, bring in the pricing person and, and we'll keep it within the same fee. We'll just, you know, I'll do a little less this month. They'll do this pricing analysis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, you need a big competitive analysis. Well, you know, I could do it or I could bring in this person. We could give it. So um, the resources of a larger organization can yeah. really help. And then we've got the quality control of, you know, a managing partner reaching out and are you getting what you need? And do you need, would you rather they communicate differently? You know, there's, um, there's quality control to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need versus, you know, so-and-so recommended a guy and, you know, this is our big growth initiative. If this works, it's awesome. If it doesn't, this is really, you know, a really a problem, really a problem. If we lose a year and another year goes by and we haven't made right. it any further, you know, you can save a few bucks, but what's it cost if it doesn't happen in your right. last right. year? Right. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I appreciate it. And, um, and yeah, and I appreciate it. Look, people can find out more about, about what you do at chiefoutsiders.com. And, um, you know, just really appreciate you being on the show today and explaining, uh, explaining all of this and, you know, helping tease out the difference between, you know, cons marketing consultants, marketing agency, uh, CMO and what they do, what the extra value is. And then people hopefully can see themselves in some of the scenarios you painted. If, you know, if indeed it would be right for them, they could reach out to you uh, or somebody else. And um, I just really appreciate the knowledge you shared today. Talking about business is fun and, and talking about growing companies is, is even even more fun. So thanks for having me. Also, yeah, absolutely. It was fun and uh, appreciated art. And again, chiefoutsiders.com. You can find out more about Chief Outsiders and uh, appreciate it very much. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.